Our Father, in Jesus' name, because of who you are, you know where we are and who we are. And Lord, we do lift up Mr. Fred Boucher to you right now. Lord, that you'd give him some peace, that you'd give him comfort with his breathing. We pray for Donna, Lord, because we know she's worn out, because we know what it is to take care of a sick parent. So I pray that you'd be with them in a special way. And if they have to go to the doctor, Lord, I pray that the wait would not be but a few minutes that they could get in and, and get him some relief. Uh, we pray for Kathy tonight. We pray for Daryl and Gail. We pray for others that are away from us tonight because of sickness. And we pray that you just uh, wrap your loving arms around them, make your presence known to them in a special way. And Father, we thank you for the privilege to be back in your house tonight. Uh, we thank you for the guests that we have in our house. And uh, we just ask that you'd bless the reading of your holy word and the preached word. And God, we'll love you and thank you for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. This thing sounds like it's too loud. I don't know if it is or not. Hello? Somebody give us a sign. How about you, Legan? Can you hear me? Okay. Legan can hear, everybody can hear. All right, if you have your Bibles, I'd love to look at the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 24. Uh, we'll be reading verses 36 through 46. <clears throat> this is the last service of this year. Uh, if you're going to do it, tonight's the night. Um, because the end of the year will be over Wednesday, and uh, that's New Year's Eve. And I understand we're not having a service that night, so... Uh, you spread the word, because I don't think it was mentioned this morning. Uh, it's not in the bulletin. So, you just enjoy this last night. Uh, while we were in Africa, I don't land, she was our communicator. And uh, she said, we've got uh, one week left to use at our timeshare, or we're going to lose it. I said, well, when in the world are we going to take it? She said, well, we've got to take it to last of December and the first of January. So, Lord willing, we're leaving in the morning about 7, and we're meeting our representative to uh, Tanzania um, at Cracker Barrel at, um, uh, what's you call it? Cracker Barrel somewhere. Huh? Powdersville. And, uh, of course, Lynn's got gifts to give to send to the kids. And that's normal. And, um, but we're to meet with him to uh, give him some pros and cons and uh, prepare the next team, which will be going, uh, I guess it's the 1st of January, uh, over there to replace windows uh, in the classrooms there on campus where uh, we stay. So the, uh, they're constantly going. So if that's something you'd be interested, not for four months, so I would uh, be against four months. That's entirely too long. Unless you're single, don't have anything, don't want anything, and just want to get out of Dodge. <laughs> you're a good place to go. <laughs> Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, 
but my Father only. <clears throat> Don't believe anybody when they tell you that this man knows when Jesus is coming. Only God the Father knows. So don't waste your time buying books of when Jesus is going to come back. Don't sell out and go to Texas somewhere uh, and wait on me to come because it's not going to happen that way. You see what it says, I believe the word of God. It says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, and one shall be taken, and the other left. I circle verse 42, it says to watch. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. But know this, he says, that if the good man of the house had known what watch the thief would have come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then is faithful and wise servant? It's asking a question. I, I mean, who, who is the faithful? Who is the wise? I believe the faithful are the Christians the, the, the sold-out people to Jesus who are willing to follow God wherever and to share that wisdom with the lost world. Who is the faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household? To them, to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. You may be seated. We're watching for many things today. There will be many people um, Wednesday night looking for the big ball to fall. And it's going to fall, Lord willing. Jesus don't soon come back between now and Wednesday night. The ball to fall, won't it, Danny? There'll be people there watching it. There'll be people there that won't remember it. There will be people that will die that night and go out into eternity lost. What are we watching for? Well, several things we're watching for. We watch our clocks. And I'll say this, you know, it didn't make any difference what time you were supposed to leave to go somewhere in Africa. Uh, you could count on it not happening. Uh, we were always ready and on time. And Lynn did teach Nama that to be on time was very important. And to keep a log of what you're doing was very important. We watch our money. We watch our neighbors. We watched gas prices, $3 plus when we left here. Now, if that's what it takes to get the price down, I will go again, but not for a whole month. I mean, I, I think $1.75 would be a good place to stop. Just settle in right there and don't worry about the rest. We watch computer screens. I don't. You do. You watch your iPhones, your iPads, and your this and your that. Uh, we're watching something. Everybody's watching something. We watch our children. We watch TV. Oh, my goodness. We watch for the sales papers so we'll know where to go. We watch our mates. We, we watch um, a host of things. But the main thing that Lynn and I watched when we were inside our house was the calendar. We had the days numbered down. 
And I took my, my devotional book, and I numbered them too, so every morning when we opened up where we were going to read Scripture, there was the day. Now, yes, I did get homesick too, not as quick as Lynn did, but about the last 30 days, hey, I was counting the days, man, I'm telling you. I was watching the calendar. I was watching the sunrise and the sunset, and I knew the quicker I could get into bed and go to sleep, the quicker it'd be daytime, and the quicker I could get on the job, the quicker the day'd be over. And so we were watching uh, for the time to come. And then, of course, when we got to the airport, we were watching the screens to see if our plane was on time, what gate you're supposed to be at. And uh, usually, I could be four or five steps ahead of Lynn, no problem, just get on out. But she was four or five steps ahead of me. The closer we got to the house, the faster she got. I didn't realize she couldn't walk so fast. So she wasn't watching me. I was watching her. And I would take these moving sidewalks. I'd look for them. My leg was hurting. My back was hurting. I had too much luggage to carry. And I'm looking for the moving sidewalk. And when I get there, I just plop down on it. And she was still getting it. I mean, I said, just go on. I'll be there. But I depended on her because I didn't have my glasses on to read that fine print to see if we was on time, out of time, or in time. Uh, but we're always watching something. We already sang the song, Brother Mark led us in, the shepherds. It says that they were in the same country, um, out in the field. That's where they lived. They were dwelling in the field, and they were keeping watch. They were watching. And this portion of God's Word tells us that we need to watch. Uh, the only place I know it, it really says, watch and pray. Now, when we call on somebody to pray, or when we pray, usually, uh, I mean, it's the humble thing to do, is to bow our head and pray with our eyes closed. But he says, I want you to watch and pray. So that tells me that I can watch and pray. Somebody said they were going down the road, and they had stopped and got some fast food and got it in the car. And the driver, he's headed out, and somebody calls on him to pray, has to bless him. He bows his head. You know, you can scratch. They thought he was going to have a wreck because he wasn't watching, but he was watching. So the Bible says to watch and pray. So we can do that uh, with our eyes open. Uh, my uncle asked his son to ask the blessing, and uh, they all bowed their heads. And all they could hear was just the mumble, and first thing you know, he heard him say, Amen. And my uncle said, son, I didn't hear a word you said. He said, daddy, I wasn't talking to you. So we're to watch and pray. We know who we talk to in prayer. We talk to God the Father. We, we speak uh, all manner of languages. And I'm going to tell you something. In uh, a lot of the prayer times that we were in, everybody prayed at one time. And I'm thinking, God, you have got to be an awesome God to pick up on all this different language and know what everybody's needs are. And those little children, I'm going to tell you something, they knew Scripture and they knew how to pray. And there's one thing about it, folks. You invested time with us to go. You invested your money. You invested your prayers. Those little kids are well taken care of. They all have good clothes to wear. They all have a good meal to eat. They all have a good bed to sleep in. They all have a place to take a bath. And they're inside 
of a huge brick wall that goes completely around the children's home. Their, their uh, worship center is inside there. They're the kitchen, the dining hall, their uh, uh, dormitory, uh, their classrooms, all is inside uh, right there with those children's home. But in January, there will be a bunch of them that will move out of there and they will go out to the secondary school, which is brand new. And you'll see some pictures of it. It is very, very nice. We got there. They were just beginning to lay brick on it. So, talking about watching, keeping watch. Every few days, I had the privilege to go out and uh, watch the builders work. And so we saw the walls. When we got there, we were only about halfway up. And we saw the walls completely finished. We saw the roof put on, the metal on the roof. We saw the walls stuccoed, smoothed out, and painted. And, uh, of course, we built 24 sets of bunk beds, and we built shelves for every room so the kids would have a place to put their clothes and book bag and shoes. And uh, it's just amazing how God brought things together. And many times I thought, hey, son, you are responsible. You're responsible for these beds to be built right. You're responsible for these chairs to be built right. You're responsible to teach these boys how to do this, and you only got four months to do it. So we did a lot of watching. Uh, After I taught them, I watched them use a skill saw with caution. And I had to caution them many times because I said, hey, I like to lost these four. That thing will cut them off. And sometimes I just have to stop them right in the middle of what they were doing uh, to get them to pay close attention. And sometimes the thing would kick back and it would scare them. I said, there you go. I said, you can lose a finger. And so, you know, we had to do a lot of watching. But it's concerning this portion of God's Word tonight. I just want to share with you uh, keeping watch. We are just about to begin 2015. We don't know what 2015 holds. I have no idea where I will be, where I will be sent, what I will face, but I know who I will face it with. Because the Lord said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going before you. He's behind me. He's on the left, the right, in front of me. I am surrounded uh, by him. So as we keep watch, I want us to watch our will. I know what I want to do, and I know what I like to do, but is it what God wants? In Hebrews 10, 17, it's, it then said, I, lo, I come to do your will, O God. I come to do your will. You know, Len and I didn't go to, to Africa for a vacation. That's not a place to go for a vacation. But we went with the Lord on our hearts and on our minds to share the wisdom and the knowledge that God had given us uh, through the years. And, and no, some days were not exciting because I knew what was ahead of how to plan and how to lay out things to where they would understand. And uh, many of us, when we think about it, we just want to do our will. Well, if, if, if I can just do what I want to do, I'll be happy. I can't wait to retire so I can do what I want to do. man told me many years ago, said, you better do all you want to do while you're working because when you retire, you won't have time. It seems that all of our family members, if we're retired, get him. He ain't got nothing to do. Well, that's true. Sometimes we don't. And then our our plate is so full, we want to sort of slide some off so somebody else can enjoy hipping out. 
We fail, I tell you what we do as Christians, we fail to surrender completely. I mean, hey, surrendering completely, it takes work. You remember what Jesus said? Not my will, but thine be done. Do you think, even though he was the son of God, do you think for one moment he was looking forward to the cross? No. He begged his father to get out of there. But then he said, not your will, I mean my will, but yours be done. And he drank that bitter cup of your sins and mine. You see, uh, when Jesus prayed this prayer, uh, he was praying it for us too. I wasn't present there, but he died for me because it was God's will. I say it two ways. We need to find the will of God and finish it. That was one of the goals. And no matter how down that Lynn and I would be some nights, and the nights would be lonely sometimes when you couldn't sleep, and knowing y'all were wide open and wide awake, and as she said this morning, will we get there? And in my heart and mind, I said, Lord, I want to finish. I want to finish what we started. I don't want to leave anything undone. I want to finish. So find the will of God and finish the will of God. So we need to watch our will. Secondly, we need to watch our ways. You know, our ways sometimes, people say, well, it's my way or no way. Or it's my way or the highway. Well, you know, my way is not always the best way. Lots of times, my way will lead to sin. Because the devil knows when we're out of the ark of safety. He knows when we have strayed off somewhere. And so he will attack us. He will attack us with all that he's got. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's doing it. That's John 10, 10. Steal, kill, and destroy. He'll steal your blessings. He'll kill your joy, and he will destroy your testimony. How long does it take to get that back? Sometime you'll never get it back. People won't you'll find it hard to trust. So, we need to watch our will. We need to watch our way. But listen, we need to watch our words. Our words. My words got out of hand with a little young boy. I believe he was 20, 21. Samson was his name. And I had asked him uh, when I had met him. um, He showed me around the new project. And I said, Samson, what what is your job? He said, I I oversee uh, all this that's going on out here. And when we need material, um, you know, I, I try to make a call so we get the material so we don't run out of anything to do. And uh, so I saw him at the, up at the farm one day, which was up the road from the secondary school. I said, what you doing today? He said, well, I just come up here to check on things. Well, about the third or fourth day, I said, what are you doing today? He flew all to pieces. He said, are you going to ask me every day what I'm doing? And woo mean I mean, here we went. Well, he walked off, me begging him not to, me begging forgiveness. So the next day, I had told Impelli what had happened. And I said, Impelli, Scout, now he was number two in charge out there. I said, Scout heard every word. And uh, he saw what I tried to do. And uh, I said, I want to, you know, I want to make it right. Well, he said, I'm going to talk to Samson. So that night, he told me, he said, Samson's coming tonight. He wants to meet with you. So 
We went in a room together, and Limpelli said, y'all, y'all don't need me, because Samson spoke good English. And I just began to pull my heart out to him that I was sorry that I used words I shouldn't have used, because it hurt him. And I begged his forgiveness. And he, he told me, he said, I am so sorry too. He said, I'm so sorry I walked off and you begging me. He said, that wasn't right. But anyhow, we made it right. Right there, we hugged one another. And I carved him out one of those little tiny wooden crosses like uh, Mark and Matt got. And I told him, I said, I carry it in my pocket, Samson. And I said, you carry that in your pocket to remind you of what Jesus has done for you and who we are. And hey, from then on, I mean, he walk up, hug my neck, shake my hand, and, I, and I'd still say, what are you doing today? And he, he was real quick, he was, all right, he would tell me. But our words sometimes, uh, they don't come out like we want them to. You know why? Because the devil sees to it. The Bible talks about that our tongue is a deadly poison. A deadly poison. But it's right there in our mouth, it's flopping up and down. Now, we have a choice to let it flop or not let it flop. Somebody said we need to take after dogs. We need to wag our tail instead of our tongue. And that'll work. You know, keep your mouth shut. Words can help or words can hinder. Sometimes we're careless with our words. We don't think until it's already spoken. Somebody said, loose words are like feathers in the wind. Throw them up, you'll never, ever get them all back. So we must be careful when we speak words, because words can hurt or words can help. So we need to watch our will, watch our way, and watch our words. But also, we need to watch our work. What are we working for? Now, I'm not talking about our secular jobs, as I've had many of them to earn a living, but I'm talking about our work that God's called us to do. We need to watch our work. Now, let me say this. We can overload ourselves to the point that we're not doing anybody any good. And we, we, we become ill and we become short when we think, well, I'm doing all of this and you want me to do that. Well, whose fault is it that we've taken on too much work? It's my mind. Uh, one of our Bible lessons with the kids one night, it dealt with sin. And uh, we used the good news lessons. Thank God for Good News Club. And Lynn carried many of those with us. And they were so excited because we had a projector and we could put it up on the screen, just like we do at the Good News Club. And this had to do with sin that day. And uh, we talked about how you spell sin. And I said, what's in the middle of sin? Well, they looked and they said, I. I said, I am responsible for my sin. I can't blame anybody for my sin. So, we need to watch our work. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, it says, For we are laborers together with God. Now, if one of you have got more work that you can do, then it's okay for me to say, Hey, can I help you? I love volunteers. Uh, Not draftees, Mark, but volunteers. Who just say, Hey, let me do something. I want to do something. Sometimes it's frightening to a pastor when a member comes up and says, Hey, I'm ready to go to work. What have you got for me to do? You go, Oh, well, I don't do you preach. <laughs> so we, we need to watch our work. We don't want to become to the point where we're so overloaded with work that we can't handle the pressures that go with the job. Because there are pressures in the church family. 
<clears throat> just like they are in secular work. There's pressure there. And, uh, you know, we, we notice the words of God. Sometimes uh, we're selfish. We neglect the work of God. We get too busy. And we say, I just don't have time. Well, you know, I never did say that in Africa. I don't have time. Now, we would ask for things, and sometimes you wouldn't get them, and you'd ask for them again and say, oh, I forgot. They had so much on their mind, uh, places they needed to be and things they needed to do. But, you know, Lynn said, it's a man's world over there. She said, everything you asked for, you got it. And said, I asked for this and asked for that and never got it. Um, but sometimes you have to be stern. You know, you can be nice. Uh, but I would tell her to be stern. She said, well, I'm not that way. I said, okay. In John chapter 4, the first part, it says, The night cometh when no man can work. We need to work while we can. There, there's coming a time when physically we will not be able to do any more church work. I'm thinking of a lady <coughs> in our first church who said, Kenny, I'm no longer any good. I said, what do you mean? She said, I can't do anything. I used to work in the church and enjoyed it and loved it, and I can't do anything. I said, yes, ma'am, you can. She said, well, I'd like to know what that is. I said, you can pray. You can pray for your pastor, your deacons, your Sunday school teachers, and pray for your whole church. And I said, that is important, because without prayer, hey, there's not going to be any preaching. Without prayer, there's not going to be any work done for the glory of God. You might get the work done, but it'll not glorify God. It'll glorify the one that's doing the work. Well, last of all, let's look at this. We need to watch our walk. Our walk is important. Um, many people are watching us. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. I feel like sometimes we need to ask ourselves, hey, are you saved? Do you have the Lord in you? Well, why are you walking the way you're walking? Where, where, where does your footprint uh, lead? Is there anybody following you? Yes, there is. Somebody is watching our walk with the Lord. If nothing else, it's the devil's crowd watching our walk, hoping to trip us up or to catch us in a fault. So they can say, oh, I knew he wouldn't make it. <clears throat> or to say, hey, he's a pastor down to First Baptist. I don't ever want to do anything or say anything or get out of line somewhere that would embarrass you as my family. We have to be cautious. The devil don't like us. The devil hates every believer. And we've got to be strong in the Lord and have courage to take a stand for God. And watch where we uh, walk. Watch our will. Yes, we have a way we want to do something. But think about God. What does he want out of this? What is he going to gain out of this? Many people over there could not believe that, that Lynn and I had come so far away from home for four months to work without pay. I said, well, you know, our pay uh, will come later. Our rewards will come later. We're here for you. And in Pelly, one Sunday afternoon, the boys literally had got out of hand that I had. Uh, I could get a good day's work till about 1 o'clock. 
And in the afternoon, they'd just flake out on me. They didn't feel good. They had headaches. They had fevers. And I told them, I got out of hand myself. I said, look, man, I am 68 years old, and I am working you in the ground. Well, that Sunday afternoon, him Pelly called them all together under the trees in his backyard. And I didn't understand a word he said. But he wasn't talking soft. And when he got finished, every one of those boys got up and come and hugged my neck and told me, said, Pastor Kenny, we're sorry. I said, boys, I love y'all. I said, it's my job to teach you what I know. I said, I'm not trying to push you or hurt you. I just want to see you learn. And it was much better from there on. You had to have an understanding like. I mean, you think about uh, two Africans coming over here to live four months and try to teach you something. You know, you, resi- you resent it sometimes. Uh, but all in all, we had a wonderful relationship with the boys, um, trying to do what God wanted us to do, watching our words and watching our walk and, and watch our ways, because we know what to do and how to do. And it's difficult sometimes when you're trying to share and teach and show somebody. But as we approach the new year, seriously, we need to we need to keep a watch. Keep a watch out for Satan and all he'd throw at us, and keep a watch out for the Lord because he is coming. 2015 may be it. I don't know. But I want us all to be ready. I want us to be prepared as we enter this new year that our church would seek to do the will of God. And that we would watch out for one another and watch where and how we walk so that the Lord will get all the glory and the praise for it. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the time you've given us in your house this evening. And Lord, we thank you for 2014. You have truly blessed us. We thank you so much, God. I I look back uh, when I was first asked to come here. And how you blessed them. And then sending us uh, Mac and his family. And then sending us Mark and his family. And many new faces, God, you have sent us. Lord, you are so good to us. Help us not to overlook all the provisions that you provide for us every day. Again, we pray for Mr. Fred right now. Lord, touch his body. We ask your will to be done there. And help us to accept that will. As we approach 2015, help us to let our light shine, that others will see our good works and glorify you, Father, in heaven. Because we are the salt of the earth, we're the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.